I'm Diane Wilson. I'm an applied neuroscientist, a coach, and a psychotherapist. I work with brain-based treatments and training to help people access their best selves. I'd like to introduce uh, my, my friend, a classical opera singer, Michelle Wright. She's a classically trained professional opera singer whose talent has taken her all over the United States in many lead roles. She's performed with many important opera companies, including the Lyric Opera of Chicago, San Francisco Opera, Opera Theater of uh, St. Louis, Glimmerglass, in a number of very important roles. An advocate of Baroque opera, she's has been heard as Armindo in Handel's, you can help me with this. <laughs> Armindo in Partenope. Mm -hmm. At the renowned festival of Two, of two Worlds in, in Italy. Yeah, uh, so she's needed that Italian ness <laughs> at the end of that. Yes. For those of you that can't see her, she looks exactly like an opera star right now. <laughs> it's that oh, hand gesture that really helps. <laughs> um, a highly successful concert artist as well. She's um, has sung many alto solos in box, St. John's Passion under the baton of John Robert. Shaw. She has a master's in music, so she's been a musician her whole life, trained to be a musician of the best schools for that um, at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. So currently she sings with the Lyric Opera of Chicago. And in talking with people who are working through the pandemic, you're just at the top of my list. I couldn't have done this without you because your story just belongs among the stories of people as an artist, as a performer, how the pandemic has affected you to this point and, and, and how you so creatively and, and courageously have approached this. So welcome, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Art is the soul of a society. Artists, what do artists do during a pandemic? What, what, how do we, what opportunities are there? How do we, how do we manage that? So let's, I want to hear, we all want to hear more about your story. So do you want to say a little bit more about your profession and how you got into it? Um, sure. Yes. Um, I love singing. Got my start of singing in the church. And um, I just really, I loved acting. I got bit by the bug by, you know, wanted to be on stage. And so I did auditions and um, I must be very thick headed because uh, I, kept, I kept at it. So I persevered. <laughs> um, you need a very thick skin for this business. But I, uh, I really, I really, it's my passion. Uh, I love performing, and and I'm I'm so blessed to have it as my full time job. Um, I've taught. I love teaching. I love doing concert work. I like, you know, I like. I just I really love all kinds of performing. You know, whether it be musical theater, opera, uh, recital, um, concerts, whatever. For me, the full time chorus job at the Lyric is. It is a great, uh, it really is my dream job. We get to sing all the different kinds of rep that the lyric produces during the season. We get to do everything from Baroque to, to contemporary opera to Wagner. And we get to do the whole gamut. It's, it's just so much fun 
and you've seen some of the you've seen some of the pictures of my crazy costume, mm -hmm. so you know I mean how and the wigs that that we that we get to uh, to play and it really is I mean it's play it's very serious work because we have to perform and memorize everything in the in the foreign languages or English it, it, you know all has to be memorized the words and the music uh, but I love it it's really it's really great and um, I've been full time for about couple just a couple of years I I I, I, I auditioned for the course back around 2009-2010 and I was in the SUP core which is uh, they're supplementary they, they get called in for occasional operas but the full-time chorus we get to do um, any opera at the lyric that has a chorus so we get to do it all. So I feel so blessed to be there and um, just, just really love what I do so when the pandemic hit uh, I mean do you, want, do, you want, do you want me to get into that? Absolutely, sure. When we, into, when we got into the pandemic, we had finished our season and we were on break and we were waiting to come back. Uh, we were on break for about two weeks and we were, um, they were, they were, they were, uh, we were going to do, we were performing Wagner's Ring and we, people don't do this very often. This is a big scale, uh, four operas of Wagner that they do and they do it like maybe gosh you know once or twice a century so this was a very very big deal and they were starting to they were starting to stage it and we had already learned our music and the, and the staging and we were on break for about two weeks and we were going to be called into rehearsal because um, I think the last day of our work for us was like end of February mm -hmm. and we were supposed to go into work probably about the second week of March well we all know what happened at the second week of March. I was, I was just, you know, we were, we were on break and my daughter was still uh, in school and we've been, you know, listening to the news about what COVID was doing in Europe. And we got a call from the school. For me, the, about the pandemic, what hit me first was we got a call from the school and the school is shutting down. Um, and they had said that somebody oh tested positive. So this was mm -hmm. like, this was, so somebody tested positive and and in the beginning of the pandemic nobody and there was so little knowledge people didn't know and so mm -hmm. it was it was very frightening and so you know they're like let me test positive we're shutting everything down you know you know we didn't know if it was like ebola you know we didn't we didn't know and it was funny they they closed it down for 24 hours and they cleaned it up and then they, they sent her back the next day so this was like oh. wednesday thursday and mm -hmm. we were supposed to we were supposed to go into work um on Friday, and we had been hearing all the news, um, and and in the singing community, uh, I know, especially at the lyric, we have so many international singers coming in and out, like the you know the conductors from Italy, and many of the singers that were coming in for the for the ring cycle, they were already in, but they were coming in from like you know Germany and and Spain and Italy to do some of these roles. And what we heard, you know, with the virus coming through China and moving into Italy and all the bad things that were happening in Italy, you know, that people, that, you know, people were dying. And also many of my singer friends in New York started getting sick too. I knew that Lyric was going to be at risk because of all the international, what was going on. And since it was mm -hmm. a respiratory disease, we were all very frightened. And 
we were supposed to be going in on rehearsal and I was very scared. Um, our union was trying to, you know, figure out what was, you know, were we going to go in and work or were we not? And um, they, you know, they, they finally got the call saying, um, why don't you come down and get your stuff on Monday? Um, we're not, you know, it's the ring is off, it's canceled. And then, and then like later on at Friday evening, we got a call and it said, absolutely do not come to the opera house. Do not show up. There will be no one here. You may not, you, you will not get you won't get in the building because because they didn't want anybody uh, down there. Uh, they they literally uh, closed it down, and it was it was very sad because I, I saw a lot of news on Facebook. A lot of my friends and colleagues they had already been rehearsing like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so they were they were on stage, you know. They mm -hmm. were and they were working with some of the scenery and stuff like that, and you know they oh got the, you know, they got there. They're like we're moving things out. We need to vacate the building. We kind of learned afterwards, like after after a couple of weeks, that somebody had tested, uh, somebody had gotten ill, and oh. you know they didn't know. They just didn't know. And I and so I just feel I feel really I feel really grateful that they had the foresight to not have us come down there. So yes. So this was I think I mean like when everybody else like on March fifteenth we were in lockdown. We were oh in my lockdown. goodness! And mm -hmm. and like and like a lot of people, like uh, just I mean, like anybody, we didn't we didn't know uh, everything there is to know about this virus. We're still, you know, we're still learning a lot of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know for me personally, I mean, we as our family, you know, Grace, my daughter's school was canceled. Uh, went immediately to e-learning so we all were at home and and we were i uh i was kind of mad at myself i think i told you this diet i was kind of mad at myself because i don't watch the news very much and, and some of my friends had been had been proactive and and they were like yeah we're gonna go out and buy a bunch of toilet paper make sure we have a lot of stuff and i i didn't so i didn't feel very well prepared um, when uh when uh, when 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 shots were closed down and uh yeah that's so, right there were shortages and yes i remember like going to target and just like yeah um kind of just throwing a lot of things in the cart because you know there because we just didn't know and we weren't terribly prepared for it and I do have to say uh, I live in a in a townhome community um, where our neighbors kind of get together uh, in the evening kind of like the New Yorkers did at, at five o'clock to knock to bang pans for the essential mm -hmm. workers we just kind of got together uh, around five o'clock just to kind of encourage each other and and we we, we, uh, we there's we all have a balcony and we call we call our group the balcony bellowers so oh. cause, cause we would sit on our balcony, you know, six feet apart and, you know, kind of yell across the street. So uh, that oh has my been, gosh. that's been one of the positive things that came out of that. But just that sense of, of going on the Internet and seeing these different things that were closing and, and wondering what the sequence was going to be. And you had invested so much in this. And oh, right. my gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think maybe what sets me apart, maybe from a lot of, of people or who have regular jobs or your regular listeners to the podcast, is 
uh, on Facebook, I, I was in contact with a lot of my friends who are other singers and soloists that live around the world. And so I was getting quite an international view of what was going on. Um, mm -hmm. Many, like I said, I had, uh, I actually, I have a, actually have a friend that lives in China and she teaches and she sings in China and okay. she's British, mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, I would see her Facebook posts and she's got, you know, young kids and, uh, and her, her, actually her husband is Italian and so they were very concerned about their grandparents um, and and as we were finding more about this disease we were you know it's a respiratory disease and they were talking about you know like the droplets and you know the mm -hmm. N20, 20, N925 masks were the only thing that could protect you and as a classical singer I mean I know we're you know <laughs> yeah oh, we're my. we're spreading we're spreading that stuff so because in your work you're typically not not even mic'd are you no. you don't have microphones on you no. so no. your your trade is being able to make your voice project across huge places right we're mm -hmm. working we're working we're working with sound waves and yeah and partials and trying to you know yeah uh, i have worked with microphones before but no i mean that's it I mean, it really, it just, it shut us down right, right now, mm -hmm. completely. And it, we, you know, I think with a lot of, like a lot of people, we thought it would be done. Like we thought, oh, okay, so four to six weeks, you know, we'll, you know, we'll find a cure, you know, or we'll, we'll find, figure out what's going on. And, and, um, you know, we'll get on the other side of this and, mm -hmm. and everything will be okay. And, you know, when they started canceling, like, you, you, again, on Facebook, I would see, oh my gosh, they canceled Ravinia. Oh, they canceled Grant Park. Oh, they canceled, you know, summer opera things. Um, they, I was gonna do a debut of Popea in, um, in Chicago in June. I was working on this role very diligently with my teacher. And, you know, four weeks into the lockdown, you know, we got, you know, I got the email and like, you know, there's just no way we can, we can do this because we can't, it's not safe for the audience. It's not safe wow. for the audience. So. These are the things that we as uh, Chicagoans like look forward all year to the Grant Park Music Festival. You know, music outside graces the city and just, yeah. it's awesome. It, it's like a cyclical, yes. Yeah. yeah, traditions of families and, you know, years and years of the the fine experience of going and listening to music, being with other people, and so yes, it's a very it was all, huge yeah. Thing. You know, I think uh, you know as I think about it, it was you know it, March was cold and 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 dreary and damp, and um, you know. Uh, we, you know, when summer came and, and they were, and they were light, they were, they were, they were finding out more about the virus, but they were also, they were going through these stages about like opening up uh, Chicago and, and, and other parts uh, of the country. Uh, the Met, the Met Opera, which is the biggest opera house in the United States, closed down immediately. They just can't, and they canceled their season. And mm -hmm. we did not get that kind of information. We 
thought we were coming. We had a contract. We were going to come back in August and we talked to our union. And so mm -hmm. we all, you know, kept our, kept our hopes up. But as you know, I just personally as felt as we learned more about the virus and um, how it was spread and it was through respiratory drops, uh, you know, singing is probably singing or, or speaking loudly, uh, you know, is, is the most dangerous thing you can do. And so I just, I knew, I knew it's going to, it's going to be a long, long time before things ever turned around. And I think like when it first hit me, I was reeling, uh, because I just, it just, it just decimated our industry. I mean, it, it's over, it's over. Um, and as you know, as we stand now, you know, as they've uh, gotten more communication with the Opera House, we we have they canceled the fall season. Uh, we're supposed to be going back in January. Uh, there is a very very strong possibility we're not going back for the spring. So mm -hmm. it, it's a year mm -hmm. off, and it's not just at the Opera House. It's not just the singers. It's the stage crew. It is all the administrators. It is the ticket salesman. It's the wig and makeup. It's the costumers. Um, mm -hmm. It's the cleaning crew. I mean, it's, it's a huge, yeah. it's a huge in industry, but, uh, you know, I just think for me personally, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I, I was just like silenced. I was silenced. Mm -hmm. I was, and I was, I knew so many people in New York. I was so, I'd lived in New York too, as a singer. And I was, I was so frightened for my friends when you were, when you're reading about seven and 800, you know, count, you know, death counts a day, daily, it, it, mm -hmm. it's, it was terrifying. And, um, I just, uh, I'd been singing, I, I'd been singing a, a lot. We'd, we'd just been doing, um, Madam Butterfly, uh, mm -hmm. big singing, um, just doing a lot of, you know, a lot. And I was getting ready for this role. So I'd been doing a lot of singing, you know, daily, getting ready for this role a couple hours a day. And I just stopped. Yeah, singers sing and, you know, I don't know, <laughs> teachers teach and I don't know, dancers dance. And and uh, I just, I didn't see the purpose of, of trying to do anything. And it kind of shook me to my core. And I talked with my voice teacher, who's my mentor, and she's, she's lived all over the world. She's sung at the Met. Uh, Winifred Brown is wonderful. She's been through a couple of pandemics too. And you know, she had really, you know, great advice because, you know, when I told her, I called her up and I said, you know, um, well, they canceled Haymarket, so I'm not doing that role. We've been working on it and I've been working on the Italian and we've been working, you know, on memorizing and uh, she teaches, she Zoom teaches and she's been Zoom teaching just like this uh, uh, mm -hmm. for probably five, 10 years. Uh, her students sing lead roles in Europe and all over and at the Met and she she was uh, talking to all of her students at the Met, you know, just trying to check in on make sure they're all healthy and that they're being safe. And, you know, she was like counseling us all. But I just, you know, I called her and, and she says, well, you know, when are you going to start singing? And I'm just like, Winifred, I don't want to sing. I just, I don't want to sing. I just don't want to sing. You know, and she said, she had some great advice for me. And she told me, she said, you're going to have to get back on that horse and you really need um, to mourn this as the deep loss it is. It's, it's not, uh, some people, you know, you know, 
are losing a job. Some people, uh, you know, the pandemic has affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And I, I absolutely do not want to minimize people that have uh, who lost, you know, friends and, and relatives to this disease uh, at all. Um, but as an artist to lose your, um, also your, your one way of, I don't know, being and creating yes. was, it was devastating. It was devastating. And she said, uh, you know, mourn it and feel the great, you know, just, just, just feel the pain of it. Singing in the human voice, singing especially, and the human voice is such an important thing. And I, I don't think I really appreciated and realized it until this, pand this pandemic, because, uh, you know, churches weren't allowed to meet people, people like, just like us, like we, we aren't, we're not in the same room. No, we can hear each other's voice and mm -hmm. that's great. Um, but I'll tell you like voice is voice and speech, you know, how you recognize your friends and people, uh, is, can be so calming and music and, and all the arts, I'm, I'm sure everything, you know, on the arts, um, anything that you could watch that had been recorded uh, in the arts, everybody was, everybody was wanted to do that because we're, you know, that's how we deal with, you know, uh, tragedy and, and misery. You know, we, we watch people dance, we watch people sing and we watch people, uh, um, Express. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I, I know I had to get back and it, it was hard. I mean, I literally, I literally, <laughs> She made me get in the, you know, she's like, she was telling me to go get in the shower, get some really good bath gel and, and just, you know, breathe in the humidity and, and just do some vocalizing in your shower. And so, uh, you know, after a couple of days of that, and I think, you know, really kind of crying in my pillow a lot, uh, really mourning yeah. it, getting on the other side of it. Because the next thing that she told me was like, you, we've got to get on the other side of it because we need to be a part of what music and singing is going to be after this. And and there's, we're going we, who's going to lead it, but us, the singers, we have to do it. So I would say it, that really motivated me. And I got very interested very quickly in what I could do. That makes the hair in my arms stand up. Honestly, it's, it's like being able to grieve, grieve just like as honestly and as, as brutally as this loss is yeah. and, and to let yourself experience that and, in the privacy of your shower, but in your heart and just every place, you know, in a real honest way. And then in knowing that this grieving process will allow you to lead where this goes next. It's like right. you're not glossing over it. You're not covering over it. You've tapped your emotions. You've made them real. You've let yourself see them. They become your strength. And, and I've also, I think I've also, I, I've witnessed how valuable and how far reaching and communication singing is. And it's, it's made me think about it differently, uh, how I want to perform afterwards. You know, this is, it, it's funny, you know, even, even, even with my daughter going back to school on e-learning, I want, I want to imagine like, like, if she's not going back to the school building and she's only going to be learning through like a camera and, and Zoom like we're doing here, mm -hmm. 
how are we going to envision that education to be different? You know? Mm -hmm. So with singing, we, we took upon, you know, as a voice studio, we kind of took it upon as like, how are we going to teach people to continue singing? I had, I, it's funny. You would, I had a lot of people, a lot of people come to me and say, I really miss singing. I need to sing. Can you do voice lessons? Can you do piano lessons? Because I'm so sad. I need to create. And, um, my first answer was, we can't do it in person, but absolutely. I, I totally get it. You know, um, we have to do it by zoom and we have to figure out ways to do it. And that's what we've been doing. Um, in, in her class, we've been figuring out ways to zoom. Uh, we've been working on ways to record things, record things for church. I just did a recording for a memorial service, um, for one of the people in, in our church, uh, uh, that we had, you know, I went in and I recorded with the pianist so that they, they, we could play it for our church um, for memorial service. Uh, but, you know, this is a real opportunity for us to learn how to use uh, microphones, to learn how to use the camera, to really, um, to, how do we, you know, how do we want to communicate through I always think it's energy anyway. So if it's, you know, in, in, in person to person con contact, it's through, you know, air molecules, but if we can't do that and it has to be over wires or through screens and stuff like that, I truly believe it can be done and I've seen it happen. And uh, I'm training and uh, I'm training other people to, to, to be better at it too. So I, I'm excited about what, singing and music is going to look like on the other side. It's going to be, as I get really more real about what the future is going to hold for singers, it's going to have to be something new and it's going to have to be something different. We're not, I don't think we're going back because I have a feeling this, this virus is going to be with us for a while. You know, people talk about, oh, it'd be great. You know, we have a vaccine and we'll all, you know, we'll all get the vaccine. We're, it's you know this has really been changing and singing singing is, is the last thing that's going to come back because it mm -hmm. it really is the most dangerous because of the aerosols you know mm -hmm. classical singing when you know when you because uh, they become airborne and they and and they linger in the air so mm -hmm. you know I do you know I see it in the media some places where you know and some churches where they're coming back and they're doing this stuff but I don't you know. Um, I, I think they need to be very careful. People need music. <laughs> they need singing. They, they so do. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, and it's weird. You know, it's funny. In all my years as a singer and a performer, you know, I don't think I knew that at such a level, how much people really crave it and need it. it it's connecting. And I think maybe even some of the social unrest we're having is just the is a result of not being connected through through music and musical events that bring us together and where we can feel that connection right but yes right. that's it's exciting to think about it in the same way that your music teacher can have these students all over the world it, it like it changes the art form to right to, it gives you more opportunity in some ways as as you figure this out uh, that it's like you can touch more people, but it does seem like a completely different technology that you you have to learn. Yes. We have to learn. 
<laughs> we have to learn. Yes. I mm -hmm. mean, yeah, we're, we're learning, you know, the microphones, the, you know, how do we, how do we layer stuff? How do we edit things? Um, yeah. I mean, how, and it's interesting. That's what we've, we've been playing around with that in the classes. Uh, um, we've been, we've been using our iPhones, you know, just to, uh, just to play with things, just to see how they uh, feel, um, mm -hmm. to see what we can communicate through, through that little, that little hole in your, you know, the little camera hole in your, in your phone. <laughs> you wouldn't think it's a lot, but it really, mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, there's like 20 people in this class and you would be amazed at what I, I'm a believer. I mean, I really like, there's, you know, we would do stuff like do an intention of like, you know, to convince or to flirt, you know, and, and it really, it does come across. It's, it's, and I'm sure film actors have known this forever, but for people who are on stage where we're used to a big hall and we're used, you know, projecting to the back and, um, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a subtlety that, that we're having to refine, but I would say it's really fun. It's fun too. Mm -hmm. It's challenging and fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, it, there's some really exciting things ahead of us. I just think it's going to get better and better. Well, I think your perspective allows you to be a, a leader and to participate in that. I could easily see a lot of people just kind of repressing the, repressing the sadness, not willing to take it on and, and to be guided through it. And, and yet I, I feel like this has given you such a purpose, uh, such energy. Yes, it has. I mean, uh, yes, it, to, to create something new, I, because yeah, we're not. It's this virus has changed things. We're, we're not. We're not going back. I mean, it's yeah. So how do you how do you train? Like how do you keep being the best of you during this? And and I think it's challenging for everyone. But what kinds of habits and routines do you have in place to help you be your best you in this? I think that this really, uh, I think this goes for everybody. I have to do meditation and I have to do like positive affirmations. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can so tell when I, 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 when I don't do it. My, my husband's a banker and uh, my students are all walks of life. I have lawyers, uh, doctors, uh, you know, construction workers, stay-at-home moms, uh, students, and I tell them all. I, I you know, in, in, a, in a very in a real sense, I go to I go to YouTube and I find a positive affirmation tape or a meditation tape. It, it's. You know, even they're, they're, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I think for me as a person, I have to get that centeredness. And, and as a singer also, it, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them, um, most of them bring you back to your breath always, you know, do, you know, about doing the inhalation and exhalation. And just that deep breathing gets you into the present moment and as a singer, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's, you know, I'm always working on my breathing, but, <laughs> but I think for me, there's just so the, the world is such a, 
there's so much stuff going on that for me, it, it's the only way I can be centered is, is, is really to meditate and, and, and do positive affirmations. That's, that's number one. Um, and, and, and usually it's always focused in on the breath. And then, and then I would have to say one thing that, that one of the positive things from the pandemic, one of the mm -hmm. positive things is that when, you know, there's a, my family is my husband and me and my daughter, and there's three of us in this kind of small little house and nowhere to go. So we go for walks <laughs> every night. So we're mm -hmm. all, you know, so we never did that before. I mean, okay. You know, sometimes, you know, my husband and I would go or, you know, I go on ride bikes with Grace, but, but now like, we all, we all go walk. Uh, we all, we bought bikes. So we, we bike ride now. Exercise and eating at home is now the norm. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we, were, we were a very fast, you know, we'd eat out. We were a family on the go all the time because we were mm -hmm. running and gunning. And we call it running and gunning. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, to slow down and, and cook, cook as a family. And we, we are, you know, I, I know a lot of people said they gained weight during, during the pandemic. And uh, I, you know, we, we made our fair share of chocolate chip cookies too. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, comfort baking isn't, isn't, uh, you know, <laughs> part of the picture <laughs> too, but uh, we, you know, as a family, I think we have, we have one of the positive things is that we've gotten closer as a family just because we couldn't go anywhere and we mm -hmm. we have to deal with each other and we have you know i would say the positive effects have been we're exercising more we are meditating more mm -hmm. we are eating healthier so that it's that's great down. i think as a country too we've learned that we um you know we don't necessarily have to go to a meeting anymore like we do a zoom meeting like i can do it from my home and so there that we do free up like you know travel time or appointments times like a doctor's appointment i've had a couple of doctor's appointments by zoom and mm -hmm. you know that travel time is that's saved and you know you can you can do your workout or you know stuff like that so yeah, yeah. i mean it's been helpful i just that's you know great. I just want a healthy, healthy outlook. And I'd also say with my family too, in the pandemic, that my daughter is reading more mm. and my husband's playing the guitar more. So, you know, there, wow. that, that time, you know, more yeah. opportunity, more opportunity. What would you advise or suggest for families that are, that are struggling with this? It's like, you know, just any a sense of like, how did, how did you make it easier? How did you, how did you get to the point of, of doing some of these really constructive things? If, if that's easy to say. Um, you know, I think we talked about it a lot. I think it, you know, it's got to come from the parents. Uh, you know, we, you know, we talked about our vision about what we wanted. How do we want our family to look like? How do we want to feel? And we all agreed. We all wanted to feel better. We wanted to have more energy, and, and feel better. And so mm -hmm. what does that entail? Uh, you know, we all wanted to lose weight. And so, you know, okay, well then less cookies and, you know, a little more, few more vegetables, but, but just like moving, like not, not necessarily like 
going out and starting a huge exercise program, we literally started like a block, like a mm -hmm. block, going around our block at mm -hmm. night, at every night. And it was funny, in the beginning, my husband drove around, he wanted to see how much a mile was. So they drove the car around the block to see how many trips around the block a mile was. It was four, four and a half trips. So now, because they drove it on the kilometer. And so now we know when we walk four and a half lap, you know, then that's a mile. So, you know, we, we worked up to that. You know, I think, I think this is a great opportunity for families to get more creative, you know, and for, for all levels, like even if you have little kids or older people or people with restrictions, find out what you can do together. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and actually, uh, also one of the, one of the things we do, um, and we, we do this a lot is, you know, because uh, tensions can get high because you're in the house often, um, using electronics, you know, or in the house, you're in the house stuck a lot at the beginning, is that, mm -hmm. is, we always say, what is right with this? Like, what is, what is right with our world today? What is right? Not wrong. What is right? So we would always go, okay, well, mm -hmm. you know, today we're not, uh, we're not in the hospital, you know, today, um, yeah. we don't have a tree, uh, that went through our roof, like some of the other people that have got, you know, had some of the storm damage. Today we have power. Um, today yes. we have toilet paper, you know? Yay. <laughs> you know, and that gets you, you know, mm -hmm. really quickly, you know, even the littlest kids can, you know, even the two-year-old can say, you know, you know, I like my dog, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they can participate in that. But when mm -hmm. you get in, when you, when you, what is right with the world, today rather than what's wrong because we get the news we get the you know the cnn whatever we get the, on our phones we get a, a lot of negative yes. you know so I, I would just say you know and, and tell each other often about that like what is right with the world now what, what is what is right and good with the world uh because you got to give it equal time because there's so much the other <laughs> that comes in Yes, yes. Just giving it equal time. What's right here as opposed That's to what's helpful. wrong. Mm -hmm. That's, you That's know, and, and, even, and even like, you know, like when I, when I talk about the relationships, like, you know, it's tricky. Families, you know, there's a lot of stress with between, you know, the, the, the partners, the husband and wife, the kids, you know, uh, kids mm -hmm. and the, you know, you know, we, you know, we will get, you know, crabbing and nagging at each other and, and we'll, we'll get into fighting and, you know, yelling and, and then, you know, we'll like, okay, what is right with this person? What do I really <laughs> like about this person? Um, sometimes you have to dig real hard, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helpful. Uh, definitely. This has been, I, I knew you'd be one of my favorite people to interview because I feel <laughs> like you embrace life with such artistry, but not, because of who you are not only because you're an artist but the kind of person that you are and it's I've just really admired some of the things that you've done and it's Thank great you. to learn more about it so um I I do want to tell my one story of how 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 funny it is I love to see you sing and it's 
fascinating to me. I just think this is a funny story when I think about it because it's because <laughs> it's real <laughs> because it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but but like I love watching you sing because it's it's amazing. I mean, you are like a Ferrari of singing. It's you know you talk about <laughs> you talk about like the uh, um, acting. I just I just think you're so natural at you know you don't just sing your parts. You live them, and I can pick you out of a group of twenty. It's like by just the energy that you bring to it. Oh, that thanks. isn't enough for me though, because usually I wear opera glasses, even though I usually have pretty good seats <laughs> and sit really close and probably annoy the daylights out of the people sitting around me because the opera glasses are just really, and it's like, they're thinking, look, you can see them right on stage. But I like to see, is, is it like, does she have perspiration? Is she frowning? And yeah, <laughs> but yes, it's been, it's a, a rare, a rare treat to enjoy you enjoying your art and to see it. I'm really curious to see what it's going to look like. Um, you know, how these Zoom concerts are going to look and how, you know, what we're putting together, you know, it's going to be interesting, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's great. I'm too. Creative. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. I'm glad you could be a part of this. Thanks. Thank you again for being a part of this podcast today and for being a part of the series called Voices in the Pandemic. It's our fall series. You can learn more about them and what's ahead on our website, geniuspodcast.us. That's geniuspodcast, all one word, dot us. It's our vision that this series will be a resource to inform and to connect with you, to help you feel braver in the face of stress, and to expand your own perspective by knowing other human stories. If you have someone you'd like me to consider interviewing, or if you're interested in sponsorship or my services as a peak performance coach, please contact us at our website. I want to thank a few people for making this a series that I'm very proud of. At first is Dan Shipmacher, our production manager, webmaster, and more. Second, Cameron Wyant, my assistant at Grimard Wilson Consulting, my private practice for her help in editing, organizing, and developing the content. Editorial staff, Gary Wilson, and strategy, Toby Doerr. Visual input from Lisa Files, and a photo from Ann Latinovich. Thank you, Ann. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to sign up for the rest of the series if you would like, and for our newsletter. Also, be sure to share this with your friends and your family to spread the love and inspiration that you're finding here. It's so important right now to continue doing that. The world needs our inspiration. Thank you and be well.